Welcome to the Parenting in the Digital Age podcast. Many parents are concerned that their child might be falling behind. Others are just looking for ways to help their children thrive, not just in the classroom, but socially and well into their future careers. Each episode, we explore the challenges facing parents in the modern world, from behavior, education, and nutrition, to device and gaming addiction. We interview a range of leaders in the area of childhood development to help you successfully navigate parenting in the digital age. Here is your host, Jamie Buttigieg. Hello, parents. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Parenting in the Digital Age podcast. Today, I am joined by Marie D. Mosley, who is an author, speaker, and coach. After becoming a mother at just 14 years old, being in a toxic relationship for 25 years, and going through an ugly divorce and finding love again, Marie wants to help other women find the light at the end of the tunnel. Now, Marie has spent more than 20 years as an educator, inspiring and motivating not only children, but colleagues, friends, and others to live their best lives. She's a former guidance counselor with a strong mental health background. Her purpose in life is to help women rebuild their lives and heal from relationship issues that cause trauma. Now, on today's podcast, we're discussing divorce, recovering from toxic relationships, and how to best guide our children through these challenging circumstances. Now, Marie, first of all, thank you for joining us. Would you please share with our listeners in your own words what you do and what you're passionate about? Okay, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, I have a couple of passions because as, as uh, you said in my intro, I have been a guidance counselor for, for 16 years, but an educator for, for over 20. I was a teacher, a substitute teacher, a gym teacher, so kids are definitely my passion. I have four children of my own, two grandchildren, some nieces, nephews. So children are definitely my passion. Uh, but right now I've, I've veered off into another lane. I really felt like I had the experience and, um, you know, some, some of my life's journey would be a benefit to other women if I shared my story. And because uh, I remember being in that place and being stuck and not really having anywhere to turn. So I'm hoping to uh, I'm hoping to help women now with my book, you know, with my with the things that I've gone through, because I've also learned that you can learn from other people's experiences. You don't necessarily have to go through it yourself. If someone else has already done it for you, <laughs> you could just, uh, you know, learn from their experience and and you know, pass all of the crazy stuff that goes on. You sit, skip it and just, you know, take some advice sometimes. Yeah, yeah, so very, very true. Um, your latest book is called Pretty Divorce. Firstly, what is a pretty divorce uh, for our listeners? And is there even such a thing as a pretty divorce? Talk us through that. So pretty divorce is a concept. You know, it's really a concept and you have to, it's like a buy-in. You have to buy into the to the concept itself. I know that most people's divorces are not pretty at all. They're messy, ugly. You can name, you can come up with all kinds of names for it. But in my opinion, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, you don't have to indulge in that and, and take on the ugliness of it, that go through the whole process of bitterness, anger, and all these different things, if you can just sometimes see it from a different perspective. So it's all about your mindset and how you how you see things. And it's also, it's also transcended relationships. 
okay? Because divorce is really just a separation of something from something else, you know? And if you, if you, I talk in my book about people that have, that drink too much, you know, they can have a pretty divorce from alcohol, you know, or, or drugs or, you know, women that, women, men also that have like multiple, multiple sexual relationships that, you know, you shouldn't be indulging in. Things just, the pretty divorce is just about not indulging in things that are toxic and not indulging in things that don't serve you or that's not making your life progressive. You can give it a pretty divorce and move on. So it's not just about men. It's just the whole, the whole concept. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I wonder if you wouldn't mind uh, sharing with our listeners a bit about that toxic relationship um, and how you mm -hmm. got out of that. Uh, and then maybe a second or following question to that is, you know, how did you or how do you approach new relationships after being in a toxic relationship for so long? So yeah, I wonder if you wouldn't mind sharing a, a bit about that, um, uh, that past relationship. So um, that past relationship started when I was 13 years old. Um, you know, I had just lost my sister and my niece to a tragic incident and I really wasn't in a really good headspace. And so I made a, I made a bad decision. Um, and I ended up being pregnant at 13 years old. Had my daughter when I was 14, her dad was 15. And um, we, we, we stayed together and we tried to be parents and tried to stay in the relationship. And it just, it really was just toxic. It was a lot, it was abuse. It went on as we got older into alcohol, into drugs, um, physical abuse, verbal abuse infidelity on both parts i will say um but yeah it was it just didn't and then i i want to preface this by saying there were times when it was good because i've been asked a lot why did you stay so long so i think that's the part about toxic relationships is that it's sometimes they're good times sometimes things feel good sometimes it feels like family and things seem well but and, and when you look back at it, if there's infidelity, if there's any type of emotional abuse, physical abuse, it's toxic. And so that's why I say it was, you know, 25 years of toxicity because it had its good points, but the, the, the bad outweighed the good. So, um, yeah, and, and we went on to have three other children. We got married, we, um, we moved, we had a house, we moved to another state. So it was, you know, it was, it was a long drawn out thing that I guess we kept trying to hold on to, but in the end it was, it just needed to end. And uh, I'm like, I feel like I was like a lot of other women where I had to have my breaking point, you know, cause it was times that I tried to leave try to get out because you, you you start to understand that there's something wrong with this and it's not okay. And it's affecting your children negatively. So you try to move on. For whatever reason, you don't move on. He comes back you, you, and you do this back and forth kind of uh, tug of war with it. You know, you keep going back and forth, back and forth. And then finally there's that breaking point where you like enough is enough. And, um, 
my breaking point was him hit one of his infidelities that was uh bringing me back some some um <laughs> some some vaginal issues and yeah it was it was enough for me it, you know at that point it was enough for me it was it was risking my health um in my opinion it was risking my health and welfare and i wasn't willing to uh, to die for a relationship you know it was it was at a time it, that was the we, we were in the middle of the aids epidemic and so, um, yeah, so I wasn't willing to die for the relationship. You know, I kept going back and forth. I had all these reasons why I needed to stay in it. But once my life was really like, I didn't realize that mentally and, you know, emotionally that my life was in jeopardy. But once my physical, like something would be able to uh, affect me where I would, you know, cause back then HIV and AIDS were a lot of women and my, and my demographic was dying from it. And so that kind of terrified me. And it just, you know, made me say that this is not for me. I have to, you know, get myself out of here. And so that was, that was really the, the straw that broke the camel's back for me. Yeah, it's, um, it's quite a, a tough decision. And um, thank you for sharing that uh, so um, uh, authentically and, and openly. Um, so how do, how now do you approach relationships? Uh, can I ask, are you in a relationship? How do you approach that relationship after being in that um, situation and being almost conditioned to that and, and um, accustomed to that for so long? Um, so I have, so I am married. I am married to a wonderful man right now. Um, but I had, I had another relationship where Things were a lot nicer, a lot more respectful, you know, a lot more um, where I felt good. You know, I, I just felt naturally good. Um, and since I, since I have a blueprint of what's ugly and what's not okay, I basically use the, the bad relationship as my blueprint of what I don't want to be involved in. You know, because that's a, that's something that happens to a lot of women. We continue a cycle. You know, we continue a cycle. We get a revolving door of horrible relationships because we don't take time out to grow. We don't take time out to to um, to really look at the lessons we've learned. You know, uh, that relationship lasted from when I was when I was thirteen to thirty eight years old. So I had a lifetime, you know, I had a lifetime of lessons that, that I learned, you know, that I learned from being in that relationship. And so now I know how to, I know what healthy relationships look like. Cause, cause as, as human beings, we, we have senses for a reason. We have feelings for a reason, you know, it's not just, not just so we could touch things and, and, you know, but we, we're supposed to utilize all of our senses to understand um, where we are and what's going on with us. And I'm not saying any relationship is perfect, but there are some telltale signs that you know that this is not okay. You know, when people are talking down to you, putting you down, um, you know, relationships, I believe also. So I used to, as a guidance counselor, I used to do this activity with the students 
And I'd use relationships as a bank account. Look at it as a bank account, right? And when people are constantly doing withdrawals, 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 you end up bankrupt because they're doing withdrawals. So there has to be some type of deposits coming in, you know, whether that's talking life into you, encouragement, motivation, being there when you need a per need a shoulder. You know, everybody has to formulate whatever list, for lesser words, that um, they have that satisfies them because we're all different. But definitely any type of physical, verbal abuse, any type of emotional, like it's, it's, it's unhealthy. It's unhealthy for us. So I don't participate in any relationship like that. And not only a relationship with my husband or a male, I don't, I don't participate in relationships with anybody. That's why I, I could, when we were talking about the pretty divorce, I can have a pretty divorce from a friend. You know, <laughs> if, if, I, I, can, I can have a, a pretty divorce from a friend. Any type of relationship that we don't serve, you know, it's not, it's not serving me. It's, it's unproductive or it's, it's, it demeans me in some type of way. You know, anything where people don't appreciate or, or devalue me, I don't, I don't, I don't stay in those relationships at all. Yeah. And I don't, I don't really, and I know I give, I've given people chances, you know, I, I've given people chances. Um, what I had to learn about me was because I wear my heart on my sleeve and I give it to everybody. You know, I'm always so open. So now I'm a lot more reserved with giving out my heart so quickly. It's more of a, you know, more of an earned type of thing. Like, do you, have you earned, earned the right to be that much in here? Some, some relationships are just, you know, temporary or, or surfacey. They don't deserve to come into my heart. So, and that's, that's things that I had to learn over the years. You know, it's important for us to, to take care of ourselves, guard our hearts, and, um, you know, make sure that people do not mishandle us or treat us any kind of way, you know, because I don't treat people that way. Yeah. So I, 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 don't, I don't want to be treated that way, you know. And you know the saying, you treat people the way you want to be treated. And so that's how I approach life. And if someone's not willing to give that back, and it's okay, <laughs> like, I really, I really think like it's okay. It's okay for people to separate. You know, I believe in chemistry. Some people just don't gel well. You know, they don't, you know, you could try and try and try, but it's just not a good fit. So, but you know, humanity doesn't want to accept those things. We push and push and push. And it's just like, it's okay if we don't gel well. You know, I think it's a big enough world for us, for us to coexist without, you know, being in each other's way. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. Some <clears throat> some great takeaways there and probably a lot to unpack, but one thing you said in there that was uh, uh, quite interesting and would be quite, quite meaningful to many, uh, not just women, but men also, is the fact that we um, often cycle in and out of similar relationships or we spiral mm -hmm. in, in and out of these similar relationships with similar outcomes. And mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned in that uh, commentary there that you took time out to grow. And I think that's mm -hmm. an important takeaway here is that, you know, it's not necessarily about going from one, I mean, you, you might be able to recognize uh, the patterns or the, um, uh, you know, symptoms of a, of a 
bad or negative toxic relationship. But sometimes we don't have a blueprint for what excellence looks like. What is what does a great relationship really look like? What is mm-hmm. you know giving back and nurturing and encouraging really look like if we've never had it in the past? Mm-hmm. And 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 you know taking that time out to to grow and to understand and to learn what that looks like is an important part of being able to um, push past that that cycle. So can I ask? You know, when you talk about growth, what did you do? Like, what changed for you? How did how did you learn to un, you know to to see what a healthy and, and encouraging and, and loving relationship looked like? Okay, so I do want to touch base on something you said about time. I completely believe that we all, when you come out of a relationship, you need to have some time. I I took I was celibate for six years to work on when I realized that the same type of man was coming to me I felt like it was me that was a problem you know that I was a magnet somehow for it and so I said I I just didn't want to date I didn't want to be involved in anything I needed to figure out what was wrong with me or what was going on inside of me that kept attracting that and I don't think women, I don't think women take enough time to say that sometimes. Like, what's, what am I giving off to, to, to draw that to me? Um, but I, I'm, I'm fortunate in the fact that I've gone to school and I have, I have a bachelor's degree in psychology, a master's degree in counseling, another master's in school leadership. So it's, it's, um, and I've done a, like a plethora of other like classes and things like that for continuing ed for a mental health, you know, dealing with aggression, different stuff. So a person that doesn't have my background might not, you know, it might be a little more difficult for them. But because I study human behavior, relationships and how to build relationships, because a part of my job as a guidance counselor was building rapport you know, with the students and the parents, for which I was really good at it. So, you know, I don't, for women though, I really do, it's so much information out there. There's so many books out there. There's coaches, there's therapy, there's um, Google. (laughs) Like Google could be a, don't get crazy with Google, but Google can be a really good friend, you know, to to look up some things and, and do some research. And I feel like we as human beings, we go to school, right? Like me, I went to school and prepared to be a guidance counselor. I, I did mock, I did mock um, counseling in my some of my classes, different things. We don't prepare a lot for relationships. We don't, you know, we don't work on ourselves and and really learn who we are you know, before we jump into relationships. And especially if you've already been in a bad one, I don't see anything wrong with taking some time off and really working on yourself. Whatever your self-development is, you know, you people have to figure out what it is for them. But me going to school was a major part of my self-development that helped me say wait a minute this is not right you know this is wrong this is what you know a a healthy relationship looks like you know and and so that's pretty much it for me but i i did take time after that after that divorce i did take a lot of time off 
because I myself tried to jump into relation, a new, like dating, not, not, not a whole relationship, but dating. And it was honestly horrible for me. And I think it was horrible for me because I was a person with trauma, a person with, you know, all these issues. I, I was bitter. I was a little bit angry. It was too, you know, you, no one wants to deal with that. Yeah. Even if it's me, you know, I, I can say that to myself. Uh, I can look at the mirror and be like, no one wants to deal with that. <laughs> Just get it together, you know, relax for a little while, find yourself. You know, I lost my identity. I don't, I didn't know who I was when I was in that marriage. Mm-hmm. And so I had to really work on finding out who I am, like my authentic self. Who am I? without the relationship, even besides me being a mom, like who am I as a person, you know? And then then you're able to kind of go out there and and, and you, you'll know this is not okay. Because yep. when you're in a toxic relationship that long, you're toxic. You, you're not gonna stay in that environment for that long and not be toxic not have toxic habits and not have a toxic mindset you know you have to you have normalized toxicity so you have to take some time out and really figure out what life is really like you know without that type of relationship yeah yeah that's wow that's some powerful stuff in there and and really um you know i guess to summarize a, a bit of that is take time uh, mm-hmm. Invest in yourself and growth, and it doesn't have to be a master's yes. degree or, or a bachelor's degree necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you said, it's just do something. Start with a simple mm-hmm. Google search. You know, find some outside help if you're comfortable with that. But do something because it's growth. And then you started talking about finding identity, which is a, a whole other thing to unpack there. But you know, uh, I think it's also important for people to understand that finding that identity isn't isn't necessarily a point. It's not just, okay, now I, I know who I am now and, and, and now I'm ready. You know, sometimes that is a, a lifelong, you know, uh, refinement yeah. and discovery process for people. So, you know, it's not about looking for a point where you go, okay, I've, I've, I've come out of toxicity. I, I now understand who I am as a person because you may never take action and find another relationship if you wait mm-hmm. for that point. So that journey of self-discovery is just something that, that is a journey uh, in my in my view. Absolutely. And I agree. It's a lifelong journey. Self-care is a lifelong journey. Growth is a lifelong journey. Like if you if you're the same that you were last year, you know, something's not happening. We have to pick up a book. We have to, you know, something that helps us to be a little bit better and be a little bit better because we, we always constantly evolving and growing. You know, so I, I agree with you on that one completely. That it, it take is a lifelong journey. I still, I'm still doing a lot of self development at this point. I'm still digging and searching and 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 um working out. You know, whatever my purpose is or whatever I'm supposed to be doing. What, what, what you know for what was the what was the purpose I was born for? <laughs> so I'm constantly working on that stuff. And even even when um, one of my girlfriends, she is, she did like one of the excerpts on the back of my book. And she said that she, she mentions that, you know, I'm able to go and help people even when I go through stuff. Like, I know, I know how to put myself down and go help somebody else, but 
even when I'm helping other people, I'm constantly still working on me and, and trying to be a better version of myself than I was, you know, last week or something like that. I do a lot of self-reflection, a lot, a lot, a lot, because that's a major part of my growth. Yeah. It, you know, when I don't get something right, I, I question myself, wait, did you do that right? Like, did you, maybe you should have handled it a little better. How could you have handled it better? And, and I, I work on those things. And it has to be like something you do on purpose, you know, with intention, not just, it's not just going to come. It has to be developed, you know? Yeah, yeah, really, really, really true. And, uh, and, and the other thing you touched on there, which was great, is, you know, that self-development piece and, and constant improvement is about asking yourself questions. You know, mm -hmm. and I say this often, you know, the quality of the question that you ask yourself will determine the quality of your outcomes. Mm -hmm. And so asking yourself better questions instead of blaming or, you know, uh, those, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, in a negative sense, it's, it's more like, how can I make life better for my children? Mm hmm after divorce, you know, how, how can mm -hmm. I make sure my children respect me after divorce? You know, mm -hmm. just asking better questions or what could I have done better in that situation? Just simple things, you know, mm -hmm. rather than being angry and frustrated and, and assigning blame, just look, look inward and sort of say, well, you know, how do I become a, what, what do I learn from this? You know, how do I become a better person? How could I have handled that better? One thing I'd like to shift gears a little bit here, Marie, if I may, is to kind of look at this from a, a a children's perspective okay. uh, for a moment. You know, um, kids go through a multitude of feelings. They question mm -hmm. themselves. Uh, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, one of the most common questions I think kids ask is, you know, was this divorce my fault? You know, mm -hmm. and if they're not asking it, they're probably feeling it. You know, maybe I should have cleaned my room, you know, when I was being yelled at. Maybe I'm there. And whilst it's all irrational, like they're not the cause of that, um, how do you respond to a child that asks that question? So, okay, I will say this. I have an entire chapter in the book on children, right? And it's called Don't Forget Your Children. And I say that because during these times, you know, for, for like, let's say 90, because we do have a lot of dads that, that end up raising the children or the children live with them, we do. But about 90 to 95% of the time, it's the mom that's, that's left, you know, the, the dad packs up, he moves out and whatever. Um, and what happens to mom is mom starts to try to figure out her life figure out her identity. She starts to try to reinvent herself and rebuild her life. And kids get lost in the shuffle. And those are the kids that ask, like, no, that thinks no one loves them because it looks like they lost both parents. And some moms don't do it intentionally, you know? It's a matter of, like, self-preservation. I'm trying to save myself. I'm trying to save my sanity. And they do it without even realizing. But so that's what I wanted to point out in my book that you, although you have to do that, you have to muster the strength to bring your children along for the ride. Okay? Because if you, if you got into this relationship, you didn't get into the relationship thinking it was going to be toxic or knowing these things were going to happen. But if your children were pulled along for the ride in that relationship, 
they need to be pulled along for the healing process as well because they also need to heal. So parents, mothers need to simultaneously, and fathers, if you can get along, you know, Dean Grazioso said that he and his wife went to counseling to divorce so that their kids will be healthy and their kids will be healed and their kids will be okay, which is a phenomenal thing. You know what I mean? Because they have to know this is not your fault. We both still love you. And, you know, it wasn't about your room. This is about us, you know, but parents have to be honest and they have to be real. I believe that kids are little people, right? <laughs> some of them are, some of them more savvier. <laughs> They're savvier than some adults. Um, you know, they don't need to know all the gory details, but they need to be addressed as people with with real feelings, not not people that don't get what's going on. Oh, they're young. They don't really understand what's happening here. You know, they don't know anything about marriage and really. It's you have to bring your kids along because if not, the minute that you get yourself together and turn around, you're gonna have a whole other problem to to deal with when it comes to that child. Okay, so parents have to make it their priority to help their children through this process because they need it they need it as much if not more than the than the parents do when they break yeah. up. you know yeah. they need it more than it and so you know and i talk about extracurricular activities i talk about whether it's counseling um like for my son my son, my daughters, my daughters were always engaged in stuff in school. They were always in, in the plays and the dances and the, whatever was going on at their school. Um, but my son was the youngest when me and um, their dad broke up. And he was, he was this bright kid and he was like beaming with light. And then his light started to dim. He started to fade, you know, he started to quit everything you put him in you know i try different sports or whatever but i finally put him in football i've I met with his coaches and i was i talked to his coaches as honestly as i'm talking to you right now like this is what's going on this is what's happening with my son you know and i, I can't lose him you know i need i i, I kind of put together my own village, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, put, I put together, I found some guys that were invested, you know, in, in him and, and was willing to put in the time and effort to help him deal with the anger he was going through. So we, we just kind of hit him from all sides. They had him, I had him, we talked to him, you know, we kept on top of him and made sure that he was successful because it's not fair for kids to suffer for what the adults do is really not fair. So I think kids are, the, you know, our priority, but parents can heal with their kids. I, I healed with mine. It wasn't, it wasn't one or the other, you know yeah. what I mean? Cause I'm like, I gotta, I gotta wait on myself and just work on them or I'm gonna work on me and then come back for them. We, we did it together and it actually created a, a stronger bond between all of us, you know? Yeah, we developed, we developed a new family without the dad. We, you know, made new traditions. We did different things, you know. So it's doable. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And and sometimes as parents, 
um, we may try and shield them and we think we're protecting them from what's going on, but really that can be negative. It's really important to involve them, as you said, just involve them in the conversation. As you said, they don't have to know every detail and every in and out, but they but they are smart and our kids are way smarter than we give them credit for as parents, right? And just involve them in that process and that, that's an important part to creating that new family dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So um, uh, we're, we're going uh, a little over time. So what I might do is ask you a, a, a maybe a more lighthearted question now, uh, Marie, if I may. And it's one question that we ask all of our guests as we conclude our podcast. And that is if you could uh, go back in time with the imaginary time machine and give your 10-year-old self uh, maybe one piece of advice. Um, for you, what would that piece of advice be? For me, if it was if it was me, I would tell my ten year old self that um, no matter what, you believe in yourself, and you 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 stick to what you know to be true, to what you know to be right, and you don't allow anything or anybody to sway you from that. You know 100% that you are right and, and you, you're not supposed to indulge in certain things or do certain things. You know certain things are not good for you. You hold on to that no matter what. And if there's anybody that's trying to sway you in a different direction, they're not good for you. Get away from them and get away from them quick. Yeah. That's what I would say. And that's, that's what great. I have to say to my own children. <laughs> that, that's great advice, Marie. You know, and, and that, that point that you made, I think you made earlier and you kind of made there is that, you know, um, perhaps all of us have maybe someone in our life that shouldn't be there or doesn't uh, hasn't earned the right to be there. And it's okay to have that pretty divorce with that person. And uh, <laughs> you don't have to keep every person you meet in your life. Uh, the, the world is a big place. Um, and so... Uh, I should ask, where can our listeners find you online? Where can they find the book? How can they connect with you? Uh, give us some information. We'll put this in the show notes as well, but uh, please share. Perfect. Um, on Instagram, I am Marie.D.Mosley. On Facebook, I am Marie Mosley. And then I have, two, I have two pages on Facebook, but Marie Mosley will bring you to both of them. Um, my book, you can get it at theprettydivorce.com. And yeah, that's who I am. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I really, really hope that I said something that helps somebody, you know, or confirm something for them. So. Yeah, there's, there's no question. There was some uh, amazing um, uh, gems of wisdom in there. There's lots that we could, we could spend uh, at least another hour or two unpacking what we just talked about there. And maybe we'll have a follow-up. Who knows? But uh, look, I really appreciate your generosity. I appreciate your uh, openness to share. And, and I know that there are people out there that will get so much out of today's conversation. So thanks again for your time and I hope we cross paths again soon. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. I appreciate you for having me. You're welcome. Bye for now. Okay, bye-bye. If you enjoyed the show, please connect with Jamie on LinkedIn or Instagram. You'll find links in the podcast description. Parenting in the Digital Age is sponsored by Skill Samurai, coding and STEM academy for kids. 
Skills Samurai offers after-school coding classes and holiday programs to help kids thrive academically and socially while preparing them for the careers of the future. Visit skillsamurai.com.au.